0: Arrows and signs tell us where to go and where we can't. Hand sanitizing stations now outnumber Dunkin' Donuts locations. And hallways, once jam-packed with students, are barren. A worldwide pandemic has a strange way of showing itself. And after a summer of unrest, the students and staff at West Warwick High School returned to a very different place than they left six months ago. So what does school look like? will sports look like? We'll answer those questions today. This is the Words with Wizards podcast, your look at the world through the lens of West Warwick High School. It's where we talk to interesting people, visit cool places, and sometimes hit on a big story. And at the end of it all, you'll learn a little more about what's going on in the land of the orange and black. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm Eric White, a teacher here at the high school, and today is Monday, September 28th, 2020. Well, school is back in session, and there are fewer students in the building, and more signs and glass barriers. But nonetheless, we're back. And during today's show, we'll hear from West Warwick High School Principal Jessica Hassel about how it's all going. She paid a visit to our broadcast palace here in the high school to chat about the new normal at least, what it's like this year.
1: Definitely a different school year than we've ever experienced before. complete set of new challenges and obstacles. When we were able to make plans together and communicate with one another, we were really able to um, just piece it together so that everybody knew what we were expecting of them. And things have run incredibly smooth. I had a lot of faith in us, but I didn't think that it would run as smooth as it has. And it really has run pretty smooth.
0: What has been the most difficult aspect of returning with the hybrid model?
1: It has most definitely been not being able to see all our, our students and our teachers. Um, the, the hallways around here are very safe, but they're also super empty and a little bit lonely to, to say, um, you know, the least. It's good to see the faces that we see in person, and it's also really fantastic to see the faces engaging in their learning from um, their house. And I definitely have been able to peek in on some classes and you know, say hello to everyone. But it, but that's been the most difficult is that human connection that we're still looking for.
0: Is there anything that you foresee changing in the near future? Any, anything be going to be tweaked?
1: Well, I think that the only thing that we know right now is that we don't know what lies ahead because we've never done this before. So I would say I anticipate so many things changing, more things than I can even foresee in the future, although I just don't know what those things are quite yet. But what I can tell you is that um, I feel confident that our school um, and our teachers and our leaders will be able to, we're up for the challenge, and we'll work together. Um, My proudest quality of our school is that we're solution-based. So whenever we find that we have a problem, there's always a solution for it, and we work together to establish that solution. So will there be changes to the year? Yes. Do I even know what they are yet? No, I don't. We'll continue to update and adjust as we go. We're just going to keep keep changing.
0: How many students are distance learning uh, full-time, and how many are in school, like A or B?
1: Just about 50% of our student population who are distance learning have opted for distance learning. And then um, in our um, hybrid model, we've got about roughly 300 students on our day A day, and then a smaller amount with about 250 students on our day B day right now.
0: Can students uh, switch their preference? Like, like, let's say if there's somebody who's who, who began the year distance learning and they want to come in, can they, and has that happened? And the other way, if there's anybody who's come in, can they choose distance learning?
1: So... It is far easier to switch from in-person learning to distance learning. It's actually almost seamless in in um, in the effects. We really are trying to keep consistency now for students because we, you know, changes is hard, and teachers have their you know um, established routines. But if you were to um, want to change from in-person learning to distance learning, you're going to email myself. Your your parents are going to email Mrs. Hassel alongside your guidance counselor, and then we can easily change you from in-person to distance. It's going to be a bit more difficult to do distance learning to in-person, but as we continue through the year and we see what things are like, we might open up more spots for our in-person learning If you do request in-person learning from distance right now, you'll be put on a wait list, and then as soon as we can, we'll um, try to establish a a spot for you, make sure that there's safe numbers for those class sizes, and then we'll get you in as soon as we can. So far, we've been able to honor their request from distance learning to in-person. We've got two kids on the waiting list, but we changed um, schedules on Friday.
0: Can you tell me how many kids have gone from distance learning to learning in school?
1: There was about 40 or so that oh. um, made the choice. And it it happened. It didn't happen like all overnight or even since we've been starting school, but it happened more like at the beginning of the school year, um, before school started, families who were either confused on the expectations or were waiting to hear more specific expectations switched from um, distance learning to in-person.
0: And how about the other way? Anybody go from in-person to A distance? A lot more
1: kids. Maybe 100 and change went from originally saying in person to distance
0: have any students that are in person that you know of uh, tested positive we
1: have at this time um zero positive cases of coronavirus of students in our school building um so we're we're really happy about that i think that our students are practicing safe safe measures while they're in the building we have students in the building who have risen to the occasion who come to our doors Prepared, ready to learn, ready to be engaged in their learning with their masks on um, and always following protocol. I've been extremely impressed with the student population in there following all of the protocols as I had expected to be, um, but uh, extremely impressed. I also want to um, encourage us to keep zero cases um, at the school and. Um, the number one way to continue to, to do that besides following our daily protocols is going to be um, staying home when you don't feel well, whether that's a headache or a runny nose or a stomach ache or a cough, congestion, shortness of breath. If you are questioning it, you should stay home. And then we're asking that students or parents call the front office and just let us know that you're distance learning so we can excuse your absence. Um, kids who are distance learning, Mr. White, can't just switch from... Uh, you know, being a day A, and then they're they're saying, you know what, I, I was up late playing video games last night, I'm just going to stay home and uh, distance learn today. That's not how this rolls, but if you wake up in the morning prepared to go to school and you have a headache and a, a scratchy throat, you, you got to stay home. And then from there, um, that will keep everybody safe, and it will also avoid you having to leave school to go get tested, which is another whole step um, when you're not quite sure if you don't feel good. Then the other thing that we're asked to keep – uh, safe is to get tested when you're not feeling well um, expedite the process there's a lot of K through 12 sites that are available just for high school um, and elementary school teachers and staff so and kids so that they can go get tested um, immediately with way better uh, time frames
0: the goal this year I, mean, I know it's hard to think even beyond each day but is the goal for for you for the administration to get everybody back here?
1: If it was safe to have everybody back here, we would have everybody back here tomorrow. So as, as hard as we're all working from our houses and in and out of school um, during the the um, school day, you know, this isn't the education that we have been accustomed to receiving. and. Um, is not anywhere close to being in school where we address our academics and our social-emotional health, and we connect together as our wizard family. So we're missing that, for sure. As soon as it is safe to do so, we will slowly roll in the, the full population, you know, little by little as we go, so that way we can all be together again. All 1,100 of us wizards together in our building doing the things that we do best. And I I just want you to know that, like, nobody's loving this and that we're doing this because it's the right thing to do and wizards do the next right thing. So I just want to say thank you to everybody, teachers, staff, administrators, parents, family members, uh, and especially the students for for doing the right thing. And then I also want to say that we'll get through this. And um, we can do hard things, and this is hard, but we can do it, and we will do it.
0: We'd like to recognize a couple of sponsors for the media broadcasting and journalism pathway at the high school. Gold Star Retirement and Insurance and Alex Smith. When your family buys insurance through Gold Star, you help build a sustainable resource for Rhode Island educators. The Gold Star team delivers. Everybody deserves peace of mind. Contact Alex Smith at alex.smith at horisman.com. That's horaceman com, And the Arctic Playhouse, located at 117 Washington Street in West Warwick. Links to both businesses are at the bottom of the YouTube version of this podcast. Now, back to the show. High school sports get underway this weekend, except for football and girls' volleyball, which may be played during a shortened season starting in February. West Warwick High School Athletic Director Greg Kordick talked about what interscholastic competition will look like this year.
2: You know, this summer was obviously uh, a lot of uncertainty with going back to school and um, obviously uh, sports would just tie in with that. I would say in the middle of August, we were given guidance by the, Inter- the Rhode Island Inter- scholastic League that under Phase 3, the only sports that would have been allowed to be played were cross-country and girls' tennis. Soccer, volleyball, football, uh, those were all up in the air. And then in terms of, uh, I guess it was the governor's press conference, uh, I don't remember the exact date, but uh, then she announced that soccer... Uh, boys and girls soccer, and then at that point, volleyball and football will move to what the what the league is calling a third season, which is going to um, be the beginning of end of February, and they'll go through March into mid-April.
0: What's the likelihood that uh, that football and girls volleyball will be played at that point this year? Are they are they is the interscholastic league saying now that's a hundred percent or just about certain?
2: Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you can say anything's a hundred percent at this point. I, you know, I think it comes down, a lot of people have asked me about winter sports and about those sports. Uh, you know, I think a, a lot of it is going to come down to what it looks like really with school. I think if, you know, if this works out and it's successful, then I think you've got a better opportunity of uh, uh, of playing those sports, obviously in the winter, and then obviously those sports in March. You know, you'd like to think that by March with, you know, uh, hopefully a vaccine um, and with, you know, just better Uh, kind of understanding the virus that, uh, you know, they would be able to be played. So, yeah, yeah, you know, we're hopeful. Like, I think the Interscholastic League at this point just doesn't want to, they don't want to take sports off the table. They want to give the kids every opportunity to play the sport that they wanted to play.
0: How have... Uh, parents reacted to the changes this season? Have, uh, have they had more questions than usual? Um, you know, you, you're the one who's in charge here of, of putting out the notifications to sign your kid up for this sport or that yeah. sport, and this is when tryouts are going to be. You are also a parent of, yes. a, of, of a former student here and a current student yes. here. How have they reacted?
2: Um, so, I mean, they've been, I have to say, the parents have been fantastic so far. Um, you know, it's it's... Just uh, it's a lot of jumping through hoops, um, attestation forms, um, obviously wearing masks. Uh, you know, register. We had to change the uh, the number of kids who could make teams this year because of because uh, of limits. And you know, I've tried to as much as possible, you know, keep them in the loop, uh, keep sending emails, social media, and you know, I think I think the parents have been very understanding. You know, I I think they realize it. None of this stuff is is designed to aggravate or annoy them. This is just, you know, I hate the term new normal, but mm. this is pretty much what it is now. And you know, they want their kids to play, and um, I have to say they've been uh, they've been fantastic. You know, we haven't had any real complaints, uh, and it's been you know it's been really it's worked out well so far.
0: The crowds here. Are you going to use the same guidelines uh, as the other schools? Uh, Two yes. people. Okay. Yes. And, um, you know, social distancing, masks, the whole...
2: Yes, that's going to be the fun part. Yeah. That's going to be the, uh, the interesting part. And, and, and the reason for that is, I mean, the guidelines that have been given us from the Rhode Island Interscholastic League, um, you know, in compliance with the Rhode Island Department of Health are that uh, spectators in the stands um, have to main, have to wear masks at all times, um, which, you know, we, we said, you know, the parents have been very understanding so far. I'm hoping that they... They continue to be because you know I've spoken to the superintendent and you know Mr. Solomon uh, and Mrs. Hassel and yeah. you know and, I, and I've I've kind of explained to them you know when when a when a game supervisor goes up to them and says you know could you please pull your mask back up it's not you no know, one's trying to bust their chops this is just a uh, you know we're trying to just be in compliance
0: yeah I agree I, I don't think any of us and any person in their right mind wants to go up to somebody else and exactly. ask them to put their mask up. I yep. mean, it's like never – would you ever think in volunteering uh, in volunteering to supervise a game that you would have to do no. that?
1: No. I mean, I mean,
0: if you just even fast forward, I mean, rewind six months. Yes. I mean, it's, oh, it's I just it, – um, Let me ask you this. Um, how will these sports look? What, what What's going to be different about them with, with soccer, with tennis, with uh, cross-country
2: so the you know it, we don't have cross we don't have a cross a home cross country course, so you know we don't like we won't I couldn't tell you right now what cross country will look like because different schools may choose to do different things. Um, some of the things that have been discussed: the staggered starts, um, and you know uh, you know other things to kind of make sure that the kids aren't aren't bunched together. Uh, I believe that in cross country and and, and you know I don't. A parent sent me an email today and I said, it seems like the goalposts constantly get moved. And so they sent out guidelines for cross country and girls tennis the other day where they do not have to be wearing masks while they compete. Uh, So in cross country, you would wear the mask to start the race and then you could take it off while you, you know, as the race goes on and, you know, and then um, and then that's about it. Um, in boys and girls soccer they have to wear masks the entire time they're on the field Uh, if someone is 10 feet from them they are allowed to pull down the mask and catch a quick you know quick breather Uh, but the mask has to stay on all the time Uh, balls have to be sanitized every time there's a break or at halftime and are the
0: throw-ins different i'm hearing the throw-ins there is no throw-in or what's the deal with that
2: i heard that you know so the the um they go back and forth. Originally, they said no throw-ins. I, I've heard now that they are allowing throw-ins, um, and uh, I mean, I know Massachusetts came up with totally different guidelines. But Massachusetts isn't requiring masks, and you know, basically, Massachusetts and, and from talking to soccer coaches, you know, they were when when Massachusetts put their guidelines out, they were real concerned that it would you know rhode island would use those too and you know i've heard people tell me well that's just not soccer it's there was no contact there was no heading the ball there was there were all kinds of different requirements um you know the, the game actually looks looks similar mm-hmm. i mean obviously there there's a break in each half for a mask break for the kids to social distance and and, and, and uh and take their masks off um you know, they, like I said, there's the disinfecting, <laughs> disinfecting the ball at halftime, and when there's any, any breaks, mm. uh, <clears throat> so, um, ball boys on the sidelines are not allowed to touch the ball. They have to kick the ball to mm. you know to the next person. Oh. So you know there, there there are some some different things like that. Um, uh, you know, and and but it but it's not too it's not too it's not like it's going to be a different game. It's not like you're going to be watching and saying, oh my god, this isn't soccer.
0: One of the protocols, if if an athlete. Test positive. Mm-hmm. What are the uh, uh, what are the protocols for quarantining or missing a game or getting tested? The
2: big thing is going to be kids, if they're sick, staying away. Um, you know, and I say it all the time. You know, we, we we look at the kid who would wake up with you know a cold or, or not feeling well, and they suck it up through the day, and then they play. And you know, we look at that kid and we're like, well, that kid's got guts. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes. Now you look at them and you're saying. You know, we don't want that. You know, we don't want you to suck it up. We want you to, you know, to to basically stay away. You know, obviously contact tracing is a little bit different because now you're talking about, you know, you're talking about a team rather than um, a class. But, um, you know, I I would think it would be...
0: I mean, the onus is really on... The athlete, and and it, you, I think you're right. It really goes against a lot of what's ingrained, especially in, exactly. in serious athletes. You know, yep. these a lot of these kids are serious students, serious athletes, and you know, you have an ache and pain here. That's just part of it. But in, you know, yeah. nobody's physically 100. At least among at least among the starters, yeah. you know, and uh, so you're you're telling them, you know, if you're feeling a little under the weather. You know, you have to take that really seriously, yeah. or else. I mean, a, a team could miss a game, correct? And you know, well, and that's if, the thing. I yeah. mean, you
2: know, you get, you know, and and uh, an AD said it the other day, and I agree with him. It's like we're walking on eggshells. You know, it's it's, um, you know, you're, you're petrified. What's going to happen if there is an outbreak on a team? And and what happens is that shut down? A, what does that shut down a team? Does that shut down the You know, the season? Does that shut down the sport? Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, these are all. These are all concerns that, you know, athletic directors have. And yeah. and so, you know, we're really kind of uh, making sure that the coaches and the players are diligent and saying, you know, we, we don't want to get to this. We don't want to get to this where, where it becomes an issue. Yeah. Um, the other problem you have is, you know, you're talking about a very limited schedule. You know, you you miss one of 18 games, you're like, okay. You miss one of six now, you know, and you've missed, you know, you've missed a significant chunk of your season. So,
0: yeah. uh, if anybody listening to this has questions about, you know, coming to games, at West Warwick Athletics, where mm-hmm. should they, uh, where can they go?
2: Uh, just, you know, what so they can send me an email. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, g.cortic@ww-ps.com. I have a social media account. I so know people reach out that way, or you yeah. know, they can just call the office. Yeah, eight two two eight four 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 is a direct line. You know, there's nothing more exciting for kids to play in front of their friends. and But, um, you yeah, know, they I'm, can't this year. And, you know, at least they get to play. Yeah. That's the thing.
0: So. Yeah. that's. I mean, this year on Thanksgiving, we'll have to watch the Lions, heaven forbid. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, West Warwick Athletic Director Greg Kordick, thank you very much. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for tuning in. Music for the podcast, including the opening and closing theme, and the music between segments comes from WeVideo. This show is a product of the Media Broadcasting and Journalism Pathway at West Warwick High School. If you're a student listening to this and are interested in learning more about radio, TV, and journalism, then you can contact your guidance counselor. And as always, you can also listen to the podcast on Spotify. The Pathway and shows like this are not possible without your support. Part of being a sponsor is that you and your business can get exposure on this and other Pathway broadcasts funding goes toward the purchase of new equipment student scholarships and professional development you can find more information on the sponsorships which are tax deductible at the bottom of the youtube version of this podcast and on that note i'd like to thank gold star retirement and insurance and the arctic playhouse for their continued support that's it for us this week we'll see you back here in two weeks until then stay safe and stay informed